0: I'm going to do something a little different this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask us if our our media is working. Um, I'm going to ask us to stand in honor of hearing God's Word. Would you stand with me, please? And turn your attention to the screen. And she brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Because there was no room for them in the end. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were greatly afraid. then the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you: you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward Let's pray. God, we just want to stop. Like Andrew spoke earlier, we just want to pause and realize that what we're doing here in December is supposed to be celebrating your birth. And Lord, I pray that if we have gotten caught up in the Christmas rush of all the things around us that push us, into the traditions of this time, season. I pray, God, that you would stop us. Lord, that those words that we just heard would just echo in our minds. Lord, that they would be the focus of what we do uh, during this season and for our lives. Because without your Savior, we have no hope. So God, help us to be mindful. Um, help us to not get caught in the trap of, of doing what this world tells us to do. And so God, teach us this morning as we open your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you be seated? I don't know about you, but Christmas is, ever since I was a kid, one of my favorite times of the you know the old Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and uh, um, maybe it is for you. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe there's some memories that come up in your mind, and and it's just hard. It's a hard season. Maybe there was a death of a loved one near Christmas time, and so whenever you come to the Christmas season, you're you're mindful and and you remember back. <laughs> Uh, maybe you've lost a loved one even recently this year and you think maybe this is the first Christmas I'll be without somebody that's special with you there's all sorts of things that can rush in um, but undoubtedly we're preparing we're planning think about how much planning and preparing you're doing, getting ready for something and it's so busy getting up to it and then it happens and you're almost like, wow, it's over already. I mean, I think of a wedding. I think of a, we- a wedding. There's so much to go into a wedding, preparing, planning, all the things, all the details. And then the ceremony like 45 minutes long. And it's like, wow, we-, we spent all that time preparing for that, and it's over. But, but think about the planning and the preparing. I want to tell you a little story of a, a little girl. named Xu Shu ming uh, from China, and th- this little girl was born, um, w- w- you know, with Down syndrome. And after a year of her life, her parents abandoned her. Um, the police station there; um, they they rescued her there, and and put out for the next two months. Hey, is this anybody's daughter? You know, and waited for a response. And then after a few months there, no response. They shipped her to an orphanage where she's been for another year and a half of her life. Um, do we have her picture up there? Um, yeah, this is Shu ming Ya. And um, Jen and I are busy planning and preparing for this little girl because we're going to adopt her coming up about a year from now. Um, and so, um, Jen and I have have been, we, we got word actually this past Tuesday that we were pre-approved to adopt this little girl. And if you were zoning out during the story, um, she had, it was born with Down syndrome. She's right now two and a half years old. Um, and, uh, you know, I can say to myself, I, I've got eeny, meeny, and mighty, I don't want no mo'. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could use that line. Um, we don't need any more kids. You know, I could say that. But Jen reminded me of a, another guy who was saying that very same thing. And the mother said, yeah, we might not need any more kids, but this little girl needs us. And I thought, wow, you know. And um so I ask you, as we're planning and preparing all the paperwork that goes into... um. And, and, and I realize that, you know, some people might say, why do you have to go all the way to China to adopt? There's, you can adopt right here. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But if we had that mindset, let's take every international mission board missionary off the world's map and put them right back here because there's people in Hampton Roads that need Jesus too, right? But the scripture says, go to the ends of the earth. And if you haven't heard our story, there's a, a young man in Mexico, who we were able to lead to the Lord, just because we were faithful to go to China. I would love to just be able to go forty-five minutes and adopt this child, but I'm willing to count the cost and say I'll go halfway around the world if God's calling me to do it. I'm going to be faithful and obey. That's that's what we've got to be in the mindset of. If God's and I, I just um, I want to give a shout out to the Sunday night group that we've been meeting here uh, this last fall. You know, God has really... It, it, it's marriage in light of eternity. So if the Bible says we're not going to be given in marriage in eternity, and you can look that scripture up if you want. Um, Jesus says, uh, you know, we're not going to be given in, in marriage in eternity. Well, then what's the point of marriage? Well, I believe it's to reflect the glory of God and the salvation He brings. And so... Out of this class that we've been in, um, we are considering the eternity of a little girl, and maybe one day she'll accept Christ as her Savior and Lord. And so that's, I would ask for your prayers um, as we go forward. Her, Her name will be Anna Joy. Um, and so again if you would just be praying uh we told the staff uh this week and I asked brother Kelly if I could mention that at the beginning of the sermon he said absolutely and so I uh, appreciate you let me but again we're planning and preparing for things all the time in our lives uh do you realize that uh the retail industry in the US generated over 3 trillion US dollars during the holidays in 2013 over seven hundred sixty-eight thousand employees were hired throughout the United States to compensate for the holiday rush. Um, over one billion dollars were spent on the twenty-seven million real tr- Christmas trees that were cut down, and one point one nine billion on fake trees. We're preparing, right? We're getting our tree. We're getting our gifts. Each year, more than 3 billion Christmas cards are sent in the U.S. alone. We're getting our Christmas cards ready, right? Uh, 1.76 billion of the festive minty red and white sticks are made annually. That's enough candy canes to travel the distance between Santa Claus, Indiana and North Pole, Arkansas and back again 32 times. Funny. A- average of 122 pounds Of, uh, eggnog. You guys like eggnog? I don't know about you, but average of 122 pounds of eggnog is slurped down annually. Um, I was reminded of a, a novel that came out, uh, well, years back now, um, it was called Skipping Christmas. Remember that book? I don't know. It was a John Grisham book and, and Luther and Nora Crank, right, added up, all of the amount of money they spent on Christmas, and it came to over $6,000. And for the first time, their, their only daughter was going to be off the Peace Corps. She was going to be serving, and so Christmas was going to be altogether different for them this year. And so they decided, we're going to skip Christmas, and we're going to go on a cruise. It'll be cheaper for us to go on a, a great, awesome cruise And and instead of spending all this money on all the decorations, all the gifts, all the the Christmas Eve party and everything, so they decided they were going to skip Christmas. Well, this morning, we're going to make sure that we don't skip Jesus. So that's the sermon title this morning as we go. And uh, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 5. As you're turning, it's Luke chapter 1, verse 5, and as you're turning there, I want you to think about something. Have you ever thought about what it took to prepare for Jesus' birth? Um, All the things that had to happen before Jesus was actually laid there in the manger. Um. There's there's hundreds of prophecies predicting the Messiah, but what about his birth specifically? Well, in Genesis 22:18, it says he was come to um, he was to come from the line of Abraham. Genesis 21 we see that he was to come from the line of Isaac. Micah 5:2 says he would come from the tribe of Judah. Isaiah 11:1 says he would come from the family of Jesse. Jeremiah 23 we see he would be born from the house of David. Micah 5.2 says he would be born in Bethlehem. Isaiah 7 says he would be born of a virgin. Psalm 72.9 says the shepherds would actually bow before him. Psalm 72.10 says he would be worshipped and presented gifts by kings. Now that's just about maybe eight or nine there. Um, But but think about all the things that had to take place. You had... (laughs) From the stop of Malachi, the Old Testament, last verse in the Old Testament, Malachi, till when Jesus shows up here, and we're going to read about it in a second, the angel of the Lord speaks, okay? Between that time frame, we have about 400 years where we have just silence, silence. There's absolutely nothing, not a word from the Lord. There's prophecies that already have been there, prophets of old who have shared these prophecies, but then 400 years. It's amazing. Go back and read history. Read what happened during that 400 years to put the Romans now in charge of the area. it's, It's amazing what happened. Alexander the Great is in that time frame. A lot of history there. But there's this huge gap until the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, shows up to Zacharias. Think of all that had happened and to, to prepare for this, these words. Let's look at Luke 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God and walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. Now that was really tough. Back then, if you were a woman and you, didn't, you were well in years and you didn't have a child, it was very tough on you. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense. Now I want you to get a background of of what was going on. Zechariah served for one week, twice a year at the temple. And it was one of perhaps 18,000 priests Okay, that was serving here. And then offering incense, you see that the lot fell to Zacharias, to burn incense. Now, you did that once in your lifetime. All right? So here he is. This is the big moment. The lot fell to Zacharias, and he's going in there about to burn the incense. His big moment. You know, the, he had to be excited to be able to do that. In verse 10, And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. First of all, if you're in the Holy of Holies and you see an angel show up, You're going to be kind of nervous. I mean, I I don't picture these angels as the sweet, chubby little, you know, things that we normally see angels to be. I almost envision a warrior with a sword that's on fire. Boom, he's there. You know, that's why all the time they're showing up and having to say, don't be afraid. All right. I'm not going to be afraid of a little chubby cherub kind of angel. Hey, I'm going to start laughing, probably at that. But these guys, when they showed up, it was legit. And they were like, whoa, scared. Don't be afraid. Here's what's going to happen. Your wife is going to have a baby. You're going to have joy and gladness. This is a a great thing. And he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. Now, we haven't heard anything from the Lord for 400 years. So I wonder if Zacharias was just going through the motions because look at what he said. Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold... "'You will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, "'because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time.' "'And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple, "'but when he came out, he could not speak to them. "'And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, "'for he he beckoned to them and remained speechless. "'So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house.' Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months saying, Thus the Lord has has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Do you realize she was being ridiculed? I told you it was tough for her. But she's rejoicing because no longer will I have to be made fun of. I'll be with child. Now in the six months, let's... Let's see uh, another visit Gabriel made. Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him she was troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, I I don't know about you, but something hit me. Didn't they both ask similar questions? Why was it that Zacharias got a consequence and he couldn't talk after that? Yet Mary questioned the angel and she gets off scot-free. You ever wonder about that? You ever wonder about Let's go look at that. What did, what did they exactly say? Let's go back to Zacharias. What do you say again? Help me out. Where is it? Oh, yeah. 18. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man. My wife is well advanced in years. What do you see there? I see a skepticism. I see a pointing out of the impossible. I see doubt. And I see a man that needs a sign. How shall I know this? Just give me a sign. And I'm thinking to myself, buddy, just wait three or four months. You'll see a sign. In her tummy, (laughs) all right? But he's like, how, really, I'm going to have to go out of here and tell these people, they're not going to believe me. Just give me a sign. Give me something I can give to them. Is that us? Is that us sometimes? Just show me, Lord. Give me a sign that you want me to do this. And you'll give all the excuses you can for why it won't work, right? All right, now let's look at Mary. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I don't know a man? Now, there, I see something. I don't know, my boys love Curious George. I see a curiosity in Mary. I see a sense of, I know you can do what you're saying, but how are you going to do that? That's awesome. How, how are you going to be able to do that? I don't see a skepticism. And, and I think that's what God was saying to us here. Because he looked at Zacharias and said, Because you didn't believe, you're going to be mute. But what were Mary's words of verse 38? Let it be to me according to your word. Whatever you need from me, just do it. Just do it. I'm just curious. I was just curious how you're going to do it. That's cool. (laughs) You know, that's exciting. And, and, uh, you know, I'm sure she would have been like, yeah, if you don't want to tell me, that's cool too. But he was offering the fact that the Holy Spirit would come upon you and you will be with child. I think, man, that is so awesome. So think about the preparation for his birth. Okay. Think about everything that went in to Jesus here, and his birth. You know, Joseph and Mary, they're getting, you know, betrothed in Nazareth, and then Angel tells Mary, she's praying, that Mary runs off to the hill country in Judea to visit Elizabeth, which is about 100 miles away. So she runs off, like, from here to Richmond, all right, to go see Elizabeth. And we see, you know, when they get together that the, the babies leap in the womb, you know, and it's just this amazing thing. And then Mary stays with Elizabeth for a little while. Then Mary comes home and Joseph finds out. And then he's going to divorce her because he thinks there's adultery and and she could get stoned. So he's going to divorce her quietly. And And then a, an angel comes to Joseph and says, no, don't do that. Take Marry her. And so Joseph marries her and they remain pure until after Jesus is born. Then the census hits. Everyone needs to go to their hometown. So Joseph and Mary travel to Bethlehem from Nazareth about 90 miles away. And then Mary gives birth. A little preparation going on, right? You know, God's a God of giving us details, getting us prepped for the exact moments and the exact time. But here's the question we got to ask. Are we going about things as Zacharias? Or are we going about things as Mary? That's what we've got to ask ourselves. So, we could be skipping Jesus, and I want to I want to talk about that. Um, here, here's the thing with Zacharias. Do you think maybe he was doing his religious duties not expecting a word from the Lord? What a tragedy. Do you think he was just going in to burn the incense and do his priestly duty not ever expecting a word from the Lord? Can we do that? Can we do that sometimes? Then we're skipping Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? We can go through the motions of things and skip Jesus in our mind. And so we've got to be on guard. Let's not skip Jesus. There's a big plan. The big plan was salvation. He told, he, he told Zechariah that John, his son, was going to prepare the way for the Lord. Um. I want you to see. It just this was something I noticed. Go to the verse seventeen. The angel is saying, "He will also." This is John. He, you know, John, your son. Okay, will also go before him. Okay, H capital H. What's that mean? Jesus. He will, John will also go before Jesus in the Spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. To turn their hearts of the fathers to the children. Does that look familiar? If it doesn't, take a left. You know, keep your finger here. We're going to come back. But take a left. Go to Matthew, the beginning of Matthew. And once you're at the beginning of Matthew, take one more left page turn. And I want you to see the last two verses of Malachi. The last two verses of the entire Old Testament. So it's Malachi 4, 5, and 6. The last words before 400 years of silence was, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Before the coming of the great dreadful day of the Lord, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The very last words of the Old Testament before 400. Then you... 400 years later, the first things coming out of the angel's mouth is the prophecy is here. Here is a religious duty man going in simply to burn incense, and he is the one that gets the great announcement that here comes what we've been saying all in the Old Testament. I wonder if Zacharias even knew the Scripture. I wonder if Zacharias even knew those last words of the Old Testament. Because something would have gone off in his head. Boom, uh, Elijah. I remember that. Elijah's going to come. So this guy like Elijah, and Gabriel says that exact thing to him. So I wonder, are we going through religious duties, coming to church every Sunday, coming every Wednesday, doing the religious duties, and we're skipping Jesus? We've got to be careful. We could be just like Zacharias. Or are we like Mary? Angel shows up, all right, wow. Be it unto me whatever you want me to do. Are we coming like that? Next, next point, the preparation for his salvation. John the Baptist was the one who would prepare the way for God's salvation plan. (sighs) I wonder if Zacharias would have been a hindrance, so that's why he made him mute. I wonder if that's why he shut him up. If you're not ready for this, just stop talking. We'll let this thing happen. And I wonder sometimes about God's plans. If we're more of a hindrance. You know, the thing is, we, we, won't, we won't stop God's plan from happening. But we can miss out on the blessing of being a part of it. Think about Zacharias. Maybe if he had his voice and he had the trust and he had the faith, he could have been part of this great, amazing plan. But here he was looking at his own circumstances instead of the big picture. When we argue and we complain when the Bible tells us not to, when we say one thing and do another, we're being a Zacharias. Think about salvation today. There are many people who are being saved even today all over the world. But what does that look like for somebody of the Zacharias mindset? Hey, I've got, you know, I've got this. I don't need anything. I don't need salvation. I'm good. You know, I'll control the things that I can control. And that's what Zacharias was doing, right? He could control how to burn the incense and all that stuff. Maybe we're busy with our own efforts to save ourselves. Well, I'm a good person. I haven't done anything that terrible. You know what I mean? And so they think they're going to save themselves by their good deeds. No, no, you can't do that. Have you seen my past? How can God redeem this mess? There's all this doubt. There's all this, I'm not listening to the truth. I'm not listening to the real thing. I think of the rich young ruler. There was something that the rich young ruler had to do in order to get saved. Do you remember what it was? Jesus said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor. Now, does that mean for each and every one of us, we've got to go sell all that we have in order to get saved? There was something in that rich young ruler that Jesus saw. He said, this is what's keeping you from salvation. You have the Zacharias mindset, instead of the Mary mindset, be it unto me, tell me what to do and I'll do it. See, there's so many people missing out on salvation because they're not preparing their heart to say, alright God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. They're holding on to every little part of themselves saying it's mine, mine, mine. And they're going through religious duties maybe masking everything. I hope that's not you. I hope that you're not going through the motions and all the while you've been skipping Jesus. But what's what's it look like for salvation, for somebody with a Mary mindset? You know, let, be it unto me. Surrender. There's surrender. There's repentance. There's... It's, it's somebody that's willing to go search out, like Zacchaeus. Think about Zacchaeus. He was willing to go search Jesus out, get up in a tree, make himself look foolish, because he was a tax collector. He was kind of a proud guy. But to climb up in a tree, what are you doing? Get down here. I'm going to your house today. Because Jesus saw in him something that was seeking him out. We know without a shadow of a doubt that this is Jesus is the way of salvation. All right? We see it all through the Christmas story. This is going to be the son of God. But I want you to see something really important. Look look at cha- uh, Luke chapter 4 verse 16 through 21. This is one of my favorite little stories. It's it's amazing. Look at what Jesus was doing, okay? He got baptized, he went through the t- temptation experience. Uh, with the enemy and here he is and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up all right so he went back home and as his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah so it's almost like all right Andrew come on up here we'll give you this book do whatever you want so Jesus takes the book and he looks he, he goes through and he, he comes to this place and he says, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord." Then he closed the book, gave it to the attendant and went and sat back down. I just want to go, yeah, that's awesome. Because here was the one that they were reading about. And then, so he closed the book, and he gave it back to the sat down, and the eyes of all of them who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, today, um, this scripture that you're reading here is fulfilled in your hearing. there's something that Joshua does that I just love he'll come tearing around a corner in our house or maybe somewhere out or whatever he'll enter a room and this is what he does here's me and I love it I love that but I'm thinking that was Jesus' moment here's me the one you were reading about I'm here. But what happened? So all bore witness to him, and he marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, wait, is this not Joseph's son? He said to them, you will surely say this probably to me, physician, heal yourself, whatever. Hey, what? They went back, and they're like, wait, isn't he just like a normal guy? We knew this guy. We knew him growing up. We saw him grow up. And he's saying he's the Savior of the world? They rejected him even in his own hometown. So here's the question. Maybe you're sitting here and you haven't prepared for salvation. You're you're running things with a Zacharias mindset. Instead of the merry mindset of whatever it is, Lord, I'll do it. I'll repent. I'll surrender no matter what. Are you skipping Jesus? Last point. The preparation for his return. (laughs) Are we living like Jesus could come back in an hour? Do you realize He's coming back? We just don't know when. Alright, here's a little litmus test. If you're more excited about Christmas this year than you are Jesus returning, you're skipping Jesus. You're skipping Jesus. You you don't have the salvation. Okay? Here's the deal. Your mindset needs to be, Jesus is coming. He could come through those... The, this ceiling, those doors, right now. And I'd be like, all right, here we go. I'm, I'm excited. Are we living that way? Sometimes I, I get to wondering, you know, we want revival, right? We want God to move. And we'll pray for revival, but I'm wondering, would we even be ready if it came? Would we even be willing to accept what revival would look like? Are we so attached to this world? Are we so attached to our things? We're skipping Jesus. Jesus ought to be on the forefront of everything. He's returning. We have got to get prepared for his return, not returning gifts. We. His return. He's coming back. So what do you do? Be willing. Zacharias' mindset, all right, about Jesus' return. Ah, Live it up. Enjoy the pleasures of this world. Keep doing your own traditions, even if they don't mean a thing. All you talk about is the here and now and the busyness of life. And then you just offer Excuses. But Mary, the Mary kind of mindset for Jesus' return has the big picture in mind. You're willing to pay the price for whatever God God calls you to do. This earth is not our home. Happiness is not what you're going to get on Christmas morning. How often do we talk about eternity with our friends and family? Do you realize faith comes by hearing And God's called you to go tell it before He returns. We need to be making disciples. If I were to ask you right now, who is discipling you? And who are you discipling? If Jesus' last words before He left here was, go make disciples, not build the church. If you make disciples, the church will be built. Jesus said, I'll take care of the church. I will build my church. Right? If he gives us the last thing to say, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Should we not be doing that before he returns? That's the Mary kind of mindset. Well, whatever happened to poor Zacharias? We kind of know that he... It, the the time of the naming John the Baptist came and and he's still mute and he said okay there's a I I I need to, his name's going to be John and and he's trying to tell them this and so finally the first you know pictionary game in the Bible starts right and he's like drawing he's like John 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 that's his name that's his name when they named him boom mute done finished he surrendered to the big picture he surrendered to the plan. Instead of him, myself, this is what I'm thinking. I'm going to go ahead and surrender to the Lord's plan for salvation. That's what we need to do as we come to the time of invitation. I just think about it. You ever had a birthday party? Maybe when you were younger, you as a kid. You ever had one of your birthday parties where everybody showed up and the gifts they brought they gave to each other. And you're like, what? And 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 then some of them had multiple gifts for another person. Is that what we do at Christmas time? If we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, and here we all come and get together, we're giving gifts to everybody but the birthday boy. What's he what's he gotta be doing? Looking at going, What are y'all doing? What 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 are you doing? I'm just asking you to stop being pushed by the Christmas traditions of the United States and think of what are we doing? Am I skipping right over Jesus? Because if you get more excited about hanging lights on your house than Jesus' return, we're skipping Jesus. We cannot do that. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presents at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled until his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. Folks, we've got to stop skipping Christmas. Skipping Jesus at Christmas. Christmas is all about His birth, His salvation, and the reminder that He's coming again. Are you preparing for that moment? Are you skipping Jesus? Father, deal with us. There are some in this place who've been skipping you and they need salvation. And you need to speak. You need to pull it in our hearts, God. Show us. Show people here today if they're not saved. Because you could come back at any time. Lord, help us. If we have just been having so much of a Zacharias mindset, help us to, to change. Help us to be convicted and be like Mary and say whatever you want. Be it unto me, God. Lord, I pray in this time of invitation, Lord, that you would just do what you need to do in our hearts and our minds. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.